This episode of EM Weekly has been archived. The ideas presented by the former host of EM Weekly may not reflect or represent the values of the Readiness Lab and the Doberman Emergency Management Group. Out of respect for the guests who contributed to this episode, it remains available online. EM Weekly starting right now, bringing emergency managers from around the world together to learn, share and collaborate. Good morning, good morning, good morning, or good afternoon, depending on uh, where you're at. And uh, wow, I mean, like, this is a crazy, crazy, crazy weather across the um, across the United States. You know, Texas is without power right now, um, or parts of Texas, I guess. And we have another storm coming in behind us. And uh, I was just uh, talking uh, before we went live here that last night here in Orange County, California, at least by my house, we had a huge windstorm come in, knocking things all over the place. And so that being said, you know, when disaster strikes, staying connected matters more than ever. And uh, so especially for first responders, medical uh, support, recovery efforts and things like this. And so what is your backup plan uh, when terrestrial communications fails due to uh, storms and and whatever else that's going on there? So today we're going to be talking about satellites. And I think that's kind of exciting. Now, first, let's bring Dan into the room. Good morning, Dan. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Talk about communication failures and things like that. You know, this is a good example of it. So the cool part about it is that we are we are here, um, you know, bringing in uh, some of our our guests here, and uh, I want to bring Tony and Tony come in. Good morning, Tony. Hello. Good morning. So satellites. Um, you know, it's one of those things that we, we think about that they you, – you watch TV movies and stuff like this, and there's a guy in the basement, and he whips out a satellite phone and starts using it. So it's, we're not quite there yet as far as the ability to connect the satellites and stuff like this. But the idea of satellite communication, satellite connectivity, especially satellite, satellite internet, um, I think is, is, is huge. And as a guy coming in from I, – I was in the Navy, and we connected all over the place to satellites – uh, throughout the uh, throughout the globe, so this is not necessarily new technology, right? But it's it's becoming more more uh, affordable for smaller organizations and individuals to purchase. So, uh, what's been the catalyst in the change of of the huge expense satellites compared to what we can use? Them? Well, the change was uh, was ushered in uh, in the mid '80s uh, by Hughes. Um, a small garage kind of uh, outfit in Montgomery County, Maryland, and uh, grew to grew to the company it is today, with um, over a million subscribers in the U.S. and uh, ushered in the, the company ushered in the era of VSAT, very small aperture terminals, is what VSAT stands for. Um, these offer affordable broadband service plans um, trans- by satellite transmission. And uh, initially uh, really established to serve the unserved as the Internet was proliferating and so forth. And terrestrial lines weren't everywhere they uh, are today and they still aren't everywhere they need to be. Um, We have been able to serve uh, uh, consumer customers, government customers, commercial customers with uh, with uh, a a sort of path diverse kind of uh, medium. And that's satellite transmission. And so the big 
antennas that you used to see outside of antenna farms or outside of movie theaters and so forth have been replaced by uh, antennas that are about uh, a meter uh, a meter wide and and uh, and able to deliver uh, increasingly high speeds at increasingly lower prices. Absolutely. I mean, I have um, uh, or had DirecTV or have, I guess, still there. Um, and, and we utilize DirecTV, which I guess at one point was a huge product, right? Um, no. Um, um, well, at, at one point we were affiliated with uh, DirecTV. Uh, that's absolutely right. We're now part of uh, Echo Star Corporation, which has an affiliate and, and sort of affiliation and uh, and common ownership with uh, with uh, Dish Dish Networks. Okay. So with the you know when I worked in Waco, Texas, me and my my boss had a satellite phone um, for emergencies. I was an emergency management coordinator or assistant coordinator. Um, and it's becoming it's not like unheard of that you have a satellite phone, but how uh, available and realistic is it that the everyday person could potentially have a satellite phone? Well, that, that day uh, that day may be coming. It is um, uh, it is not a typical uh, consumer product. It's usually used by emergency managers, by uh, uh, folks at FEMA and various government agencies uh, around. It's certainly not something you can use indoors because you have to have that visibility uh, uh, and, and accessibility to the southern sky uh, to reach uh, to reach the bird. So um, it's it's really more of an issue of uh, of use for outside. Uh, communications where um, emergency managers have rushed to a scene of need and so forth, like, uh, you know, down buildings or, or, or emergency shelters, so forth. But with the, everything, especially right now with the weather going and, you know, we got the power outages and Texas is bad, you know, it makes me kind of happy that I left Texas um, <laughs> because everything going on there. But realistically, you know, when, when power shuts down and cell towers go down and all this stuff, so, uh, there's a there's a greater need. So, what kind of technology um, do you guys have available that would aid in in establishing these uplinks? Well, we we have uh, we use the the these the smaller antennas of which I spoke, which typically in most most use cases for uh, for most of our customers by and large are fixed mounts uh, attached to the buildings, attached to roofs, or mounted on the ground. Um, and and wired into the building and so forth, or um, uh, in the case of the emergency managers' use, we we set up transportable units that are capable of being moved and then moved to a scene of need, whereby then the emergency managers or the technicians um, can set it up quickly and establish communications. Uh, a lot of times, this this is done during. Uh, an event like a Superstorm Sandy or a uh, um, Hurricane Maria back in uh, in, in Puerto Rico, uh, established sites that we have uh, have done along the Gulf Coast over the years, and these basically work because they're independent of ground infrastructure. And ground infrastructure, uh, a lot of people you know really don't think about it terribly much, but you're you're holding a cell phone and that connects to a cell tower which is connected to other cell towers and to the network terrestrially. Mm -hmm. So if the towers go down, if the terrestrial communications that support the wireless communications go down, that's a great time to have a a satellite backup communications uh, path. And really what we stress 
is 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 really not so much a condemning of the of the terrestrial infrastructure that that is just magnificent in this country. It it's that it's the path diversity part that really makes a difference here. It's that it's that alternate way when that you can communicate to the world when um, when your traditional means, your normal means, are disrupted. So. When we think about cell phones, or not cell phones, I'm sorry, satellite phones or satellite communication, right? We, you know, and, and again, you go back to the the movies, right? Because everybody everybody uh, looks at Hollywood when it comes to making their decisions on how things work, right? And so you get a guy or a gal running around, a spy movie or whatever, and they fill out the sat phone and are able to, to like dial any kind of telephone number that they want to dial into and, you know, you know, talk to whoever. Now, it does, it kind of can work that way, but in, in it's in the idea of grid down. Who do you speak to? I mean, do you have to have another person with a, another satellite phone? I mean, how how do you see it being a robust communication tool uh, during disaster? Well, certainly the 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 connection uh, the connections that we provide are basically broadband internet service via a satellite transport. So we're usually connecting to in the efforts that we participate in. Um, we're not really in the in the satellite phone business, but we're more in the broadband uh, internet business, and so we're connecting to networks. We're connecting to the internet. Uh, typically, what we're doing in in our work with a uh, state emergency management agency, um, uh, such as you know, Texas and, and and Pennsylvania, we have a, a really a dedicated network that they communicate among uh, emergency managers in the state. What we do for FEMA is we go to a scene of need when called upon by FEMA, and we will establish internet connections at those sites. We we bring the transportable, we set it up, we aim it to the to the satellite and the um, uh, across the equator, and and we um, we establish connection to the greater internet, and then they're using that for phone calls to. Uh, allow residents and and uh, consumers to call loved ones in um, in a distant part of the country or distant part of the world and and say they're okay. Um, it allows FEMA to sort of coordinate logistics and management, um, and and so it it really is that kind of capability and sort of a a, a network intervention or a network temporary re- replacement. Um, that allows access through the internet. So whoever that person is or that entity on the other side uh, that you're communicating with, they're they're getting that access to the internet as well. So when you go into a, a, an org- to a jurisdiction that, that is in need, uh, instead of the in, you're you're establishing a, a network of, of um, internet access so that the so that the first responders and all that can set be established, right? But you're also setting up so that potentially um, other communications can take place within that within that uh, network, correct? That's exactly right. And typically, at a at a at a FEMA shelter or disaster recovery center, um, they set up a local area network that connects to a a a portal, a server, if you will, that that will then connect to our satellite antenna. And then we beam across. So multiple users can be accessing it just as if you were um, at an office in a, in a regular site and you had an antenna on the roof. Multiple people connecting through the LAN to to the uh, antenna. Are these trailers? Or are they you know are they 
generator powered? Are they are they solar powered? How 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 does the how does the technology work that puts out the, the technology for others? A number of a number of ways um, that the customers usually. Um, the emergency management team usually provides their own generators. Yes, we do need power for, for our, our gear to work. Um, and so we're usually connecting to that. And um, uh, we can provide solar, um, solar antenna, solar um, means. They, they, they've got these things that look like a blanket, if you will, and they, they, uh, they connect to the sun and they, uh, they establish power that way. And they're very portable and very transportable. When you ask about whether they are trailers or not, yes, sometimes the antenna can be on top of a trailer, can be on the back of a pickup truck. It can, uh, it can be as part of a very sophisticated RV unit that, um, that travels around wherever it needs to, needs to, depending on, uh, on, uh, on the organization using it. So there's, there's a number of, w- of ways the, the um, really crux of it is, is that it's mobile. It can be, it's, it's comms on the halt for the most part. There's comms on the move. There are for the military, a lot of uh, uh, capabilities that they use uh, and put a, a, a dome on top of a Hummer and on top of a, a command vehicle and so forth. And that can give you communications while you're moving toward uh, to the scene. Uh, that's now done in uh, in the airborne world as well. Uh, so it can it can uh, these algorithms that we've developed can cut through the helicopter blades um, flying to a scene of need and keeping the uh, the people on board the helicopter in communications with whomever they need to be with. So there are a lot of the the, the comms on the halt is typically what FEMA uses uh, and uses with us and some of the other emergency management agencies. And uh, you get to a scene, you stop, you set up the, um, the antenna, you point it to the satellite, and then you're good to go. And okay. usually that's done at a camp, a base side site, um, a you know, disaster uh, scene, if you will. Oftentimes the use cases are near the scene of need or near the, near the disaster where um, – a, a stand-up office has been set up, a stand-up site to coordinate logistics. So, when you set your when you set your trailer up, you set the, the satellite up there. Now you have you know internet communications going into the space back down, um, and then do you set like a Wi-Fi area up for all the other computers to work off that one net? And then this is the big this is the big question here: How many satellites do you need? How many dishes do you need to have? And how quick does that get overwhelmed with users? Well, typically, what 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 happened, for instance, in um, in um, um, Puerto Rico, was that FEMA set up a number of sites across the island, and we had an antenna um, that was set up at each site. So, however many, you know, fifteen, ten, twenty people that were gathered there, they were doing work. So they were coordinating for logistics. They were filing claims for. Um, citizens that came in and filed claims, and there were uh, frequently, uh, for instance, in in, uh, in Superstorm Sandy, we saw people there that were from the SBA. Um, so they were sending up SBA claims for their damaged um, uh, stores, their, their damaged business sites, and so forth. Um, so you you've got you know Department of uh, Interior uh, Parks folks, a uh, number of people that'll 
be there from several agencies at a FEMA disaster recovery site. So there could be any number of people, yes, connected to a, you know, a Wi-Fi or some kind of, um, uh, of, of LAN that use all those facilities and connect to the satellite and then beam up to the satellite to connect to the Internet. So how many people can it hold? It kind of depends on the traffic. It's really, it's really a question of, of speed. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, or among the things that people used to say about satellite was old, slow and expensive. Well, now it's uh, it's new, uh, it's fast and it's a whole lot cheaper. So um, you've got you've gone from speeds of when I joined Hughes of, you know, sort of um, um, 750 kilobits per second to three meg up and 25 meg down in today's uh, high through throughput satellite uh, capabilities. We've got another satellite coming out um, uh, being launched in the first quarter uh, of 22 that will have download speeds of 100 megabits unheard of previously in the satellite world. So it's not, it's not necessarily a question of how many people are on site. It's a question of the use cases, the files you're, transmitting and 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 you know now you're working with much faster speeds than you used to just a few years ago absolutely absolutely so let's take a quick break we come back i want to talk a little bit about um like media communications and and how that works with satellite the outer limit supply company was founded on the idea of providing high quality first aid kits their goal is to supply the life-saving equipment you'll need to mitigate the majority of injuries often seen during austere times. From minor injury on an outdoor adventure with your family to your team responding to a major traumatic event, Outer Limits Supply has the kits to manage most situations, providing practical, user-friendly first aid kits that anyone can use. Enter EM Weekly, all capitals, at checkout and save 20% off your total purchase go to www.outerlimitsupply.com today that's outerlimitsupply.com so i you know before with the break i, I kind of mentioned the idea of the the media communications and what i was referring to there is like how do we get basic like packets up into the air um of information and then back down. I mean, I just kind of trying to get in the nuts and bolts of exactly how that, that works. Because I mean, like I'm not quite a Lodite, but I'm, I'm pretty darn close to it. Uh, you know, I'm a point and click guy and, you know, ask, ask producer Brian over here, you know, when it comes to computer stuff, I mean, like, you know, if it, if it's not there basic for me, you know, Android or, or, or Apple type stuff, uh, I'm a little bit lost, but how does it exactly work? Like, do I just plug my computer in and we're good to go? Can I do uh, video through this internet? Like we're doing today here. Um, with um, with these information with with this, I mean, because a lot of the stuff that we're doing today, as far as emergency management, has a really huge technology component to it. Whether we're using the virtual EOC type software, um, uh, video communications back and forth, how does that work in, in 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 general, or does it, or do we lose capabilities when we move to satellite? So it's a it's a great question, Todd. And let's let's um, take the example of first of all it would sort of illustrate the, the, the difference between the terms of um, uh, emergency preparation versus emergency management or emergency response. So let's just take, for instance, 
um, you and your studio. You're connecting to the uh, to the internet so that we can have this podcast and this this video. And so you've got a communications line outside of uh, you know from from your studio that connects to the local telecom uh, network that connects to the internet. And let's say, for instance, um, um, Joe um, um, Joe Black- Backhall is is um, um, is with his uh, hoe in the in the next lot next door to you, and he's getting ready to build the next park uh, the a parking lot next door, and he cuts your fiber, he cuts your copper, and if you had a router at your facility that connected to a satellite on the roof. It would recognize the failed condition of your primary path, and it would switch the communication to the router, um, to to the satellite antenna. That will connect to the internet, just like your terrestrial line would connect to the internet. And you, we could do this video. We could have a, a voice conversation. You could send a file to your producer. Um, you could send an email to Dan. Uh, one to Kate, who's also on the line here. And so it doesn't change much. Now, that fiber might have a whole lot more capacity and speed than the satellite connection, but it's a connection nonetheless. Mm. And it it has, you know, you pay a different price to, you know, your phone company for your terrestrial line and you do whatever you need to do through it. You pay a different price for the service plan that you get from your satellite provider, which should be used by the way. Um, and so, and, and we'll give you a, a service plan of a certain amount of speed. And these, the, the speed is three, three megabits up and 25 megabits down. So it's, why is that asymmetrical? Because the, the nature of data transmission is symmetrical. You type in Dan, Let's talk, uh, you know, or you type in a question to Dan and he writes back to you. And that's a very short inquiry. He writes back to you a very large dissertation on what it is you wanted to know. So three meg up is fine. The 25 meg down load speed is what you need to accommodate his response. It's the same thing for a, a simple inquiry if you're at the Social Security Administration and you type in Dan's, you know, name, and then what will come back is his file. Mm. Okay, so the it, it's just a different medium, and I go back to the path diverse issue, and and the emergency uh, prep issue. You had that backup line through through satellite. But you, but maybe you don't. Maybe all you have is the terrestrial line, and if um, um, you know the guy, the guy next door uh, with his uh, with his backhoe is uh, cutting the line, this this conversation will go dark. Right. So that's what we're really talking about, and that's that's where FEMA comes in with uh, either having us on site already, or you know, for instance, what happened in the first. Puerto Rico hurricane was that they asked us to get there very quickly with gear. Um, and it took us two weeks to do it because of all the 
um, uh, transportation issues, getting gear and people and stuff to uh, to the island. And then secondly, so many bridges were destroyed. So it's not like there were a, a row of Jeeps waiting for installers to put the antenna in the back of the Jeep and go driving away because the roads weren't in great condition. So all this got really bogged down. Then after everything finally did install and service was temporarily restored for FEMA and for businesses and for consumers to use the network again, any network, right? Um, FEMA kept after, after everything was shut down and, and really we were there for about a year. Usually in, in emergencies, you're there for about two or three days right. and then everything's restored. In Puerto Rico, we were there for over a year. In um, in New York, New Jersey, during Superstorm Sandy, we were there for about six months. So, um, but here's what FEMA did. They didn't say, Hughes, okay, take the, uh, take the stuff back. They said, no, we're going to keep a number of these units. In fact, all of the units, we're going to keep them in a warehouse here in Puerto Rico. We don't want to ever go through that logistical nightmare again. And when they had the second um, second disaster or a second hurricane, they had units there. And they were up in no time at all and were of service. And that's emergency prep. Right. It's emergency prep to have the antenna on the roof, right? And you you can't have them on every roof. I mean, that that it, we get the practicality of how, you know, how expensive that could be. But critical sites, and that's the advocacy I've been um, clamoring for 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 you know years. The years I've been at, at Hughes is that the government agencies and my market is the government market, federal, state, and local. And so I advocate that critical federal locations, critical government locations, federal and state and local, should have some kind of path diverse resilient plan. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, well, sorry, Dan. Go- Dan, let me let me do this really quick, and because uh, I think this is pertinent, it just came up. So, uh, one of the listeners, Christopher, he asked, "Do you need to have a dedicated team to manage it, um, and can it be integrated into teams existing uh, logistical tech um, or team to manage?" Well, the the answer, um, Christopher, is a little bit of both. It's it's um, um, you know, FEMA. We've we've trained a, a number of their techs. For instance. Second, second uh, Puerto Rico hurricane. All we had to do was be uh, present and available back at Hughes headquarters in Germantown, Maryland, and work with the FEMA techs remotely because we had already trained them how to set up the uh, the transportables. So it was a question of activating the service with the Hughes folks back back home, and the FEMA guys knew what knew what to do. So. Um, it's a question of how how often you use the stuff. The stuff in their case, they had used it only recently, so they were all fresh in their training and how to how to set things up. If you uh, if you have if an agency were to have transportables in their warehouses, they don't use them all that often. Sometimes it uh, it pays to you know get a, a periodic refresher course. And um, but in terms of establishing the connections that's it, it's sort of the, the logistics of moving the hardware around and getting that in the places where you need it um, to uh, for instance in Superstorm Sandy they were setting up in 
in vacant churches, school gymnasiums. It's not the typical place where you need path diversity. But what you need is an agile team. And within 48 hours, we're, we're getting things up and established and running uh, in our in our arrangement with FEMA. So well, you, they, go ahead. Oh, they've taken they've taken that effort to sort of establish a contractual arrangement with us that requires us to be there in 48 hours. Now that sort of, you know, blew up in during the first Puerto Rico hurricane because the logistics were so challenging, but, but by and large, you know, they're not setting things up everywhere. They're, they're depending on us to get stuff there. um, The necessary gear needed uh, as quickly as possible. Uh, You answered my question. In oh, okay. So it, it ultimately it was it was how long, how long between the, you get the call to when you when you get to the location, um, and the pre staging is awesome. You know, knowing that you know something happened there, we're going to leave equipment there for the next time, which you know that's that's a, that's a great thing. But ultimately, you get so you get the forty eight hours. Once you get there, how long is it between the, you getting there and them being able to get going and start up and running with the system that you put in place? And at times that um, I went up to a, a couple of the sites in uh, in the New York area during Sandy, and uh, they weren't all, all transportables. Sometimes it was a, a typical roof mount um, or a, a parking lot mount, and it was anchored by ballast. And the installers usually have that uh, that kind of equipment and and, and materials, um, and they can set it up pretty darn quickly. I mean, it's it's it's. Uh, doesn't take long transportable. Like sometimes it's, it's two or three, you know, tripod kind of pulls and so forth. And, and the the antenna flips up, you can make, you can get the manual, you can get them push button, you know, satellite for dummies, if you will. And, you know, next thing you know, it points up and it's, it's, it's magic and it's pointing up to the satellite and you connect the wires to, um, to the local uh, Wi-Fi. And you uh, you're you're up and running. Um, typically, you can set up a transportable in about ten minutes, and then engage with Hughes by phone um, to get the service activated. So it really doesn't take long. You can be uh, um, the forty eight hours get you there. Make sure that we get our installers lined up to go to the sites that FEMA directs us to uh, to uh, to go to, and and. Um, it's it's pretty darn efficient. We we have these million subscribers, a million plus subscribers, and we do um, uh, just a number of uh, of commercial sites and government sites, and our installers are nationwide, and um, they they know how to get things done pretty quickly. And so, one last question, and I'll turn it over to Todd so we can end the show. But I wanted to say. Uh, the, my question is that that uh, book for you know satellites for dummies. Can you send a copy of that for, to Todd, please? I think Todd, you know, he's already raising his hand. He knows what you know. He knows. We all know Todd. Uh, it's just... <laughs> well, based on the setup we had before the podcast started, it sounded like you two needed a couple of antennas at each each of your sites. <laughs> so, oh, but, you're not um, wrong. Yeah, but we're, we're um, we try to take as much of the burden of. Getting the, it's what we do, right? And the, the folks, the folks that we're supporting, I mean, those emergency managers have a lot of responsibilities. You know, they got to get blankets, they got to get phones. Uh, well, a lot of times we've provided the phones too, but they've they've got to get um, um, 
access to a lot a lot of um, a lot of material that that help them do what they do and we try to take the burden of setting up the communications the emergency uh, uh rapid communications if you will um we try to take that burden off of them so tell so tell the tell the listeners tell all those who are listening and watching right now how do they find you how do they how do they get more information how how do they contact you for for inquiries or just general information well, the, the easiest way would be the, the web. Um, for those uh, for those in, in the government world, it would be government.hughes.com, and that'll get access to, to my team um, and uh, hughes.com. And, um, and then there's various ways through, through hughes.com that you can get to the, uh, the enterprise side or the consumer side of things. So we're, we're, we're set up and ready to, ready to take calls. Uh, we, we are not um, happy that disasters occur, but we want to help and and lend some some ability to uh, to recover. It's if if you haven't done the prep, we'll help you recover as quickly as we can and get into uh, instead of emergency planning into emergency management and then emergency recovery. So those those are the kind of areas where we can help. So Tony, we're here on LinkedIn and Facebook right now and YouTube. Are there any social media channels where people could follow you guys? Um, sure, we're on uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, Hughes is on on LinkedIn and uh, and so forth. And we um, there, there's we try to make it easy to find us. Absolutely, and those links are going to be down in the show notes as well. So if you're driving down the road or your pencil's not sharp, no fret. Just go to the show notes and uh, click those links down there, and you can connect with Tony and his team. That's awesome. So, Tony, thank you so much for your time today. I know we're, we're coming here to the, uh, the hard stop that we have. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to say to everybody out there listening before we let you go? One of the things I'd like to see in a, if it were Christmas, would be that more funds would be allocated for resiliency, in, in communications resiliency. And that, I think, is the, is the dilemma that emergency managers face, is that um, – Typically, those funds haven't been allocated. They've been allocated to delivering the primary means of communications and not much has been um, um, paid attention to in terms of path diversity, which I think is very critical. It, it speeds up your recovery. Absolutely. Well, Tony, again, thank you for your time today. Dan? I was just saying it's a, that's a mitigative effort. So that's one of those things that you can use mitigation funds for. So that's, a, that's an area to push for. Yeah, uh, absolutely. That's that so true. So, you know, what? I mean, you know, that being said, you know, we're, we're to the end. I can sit here and listen to Tony talk about satellite stuff all day long because I just find it fascinating. You know, it's like it isn't like it is on the TV, you know, where the, you can be down in the basement and grab your sat phone and start using it. You know, there are some uh, uh, antennas and things like this that have to be connected to it. But, man, when you need communication um, and you're in the middle of nowhere, uh, satellite, I mean, I guess anywhere for that matter, but if you're in a place where it's grid down, Satellite phones and, and satellite communication, satellite internet uh, is is really is critical. And you're starting to see more and more uh, commercial use of this, uh, not just the government use. And, Tony, thank you so much for your time. Very welcome. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Great so, one. hey, Dan, I know you and I, we've been working pretty hard on this thing called the Crisis Cafe. You know, and we are creating a community, uh, uh, social media, I guess, for lack of a better term, but a community for emergency managers where we can go have conversations, not have to worry about all this other stuff that's uh, um, around us regarding 
things that don't really matter to emergency management. And you can go to crisis-cafe.com. That's www.crisis-cafe.com and, and join us. Dan, what do you got to say about that? No, I think, you know, ultimately, I thank you for, for plugging that. It's the, the Crisis Cafe is is a place where we can all come together, but it's also a place where we can pull uh, all the resources that are available to emergency managers and leaders in the emergency management profession to one place. Uh, and, and we can also gather the information that, that emergency managers are seeking and asking questions that they're asking, and we can bring that information to them. Uh, to a place where they can find the answers they're looking for, but also network with other emergency management professionals across the country, uh, the world. Uh, really, we have people from all, you know other countries that are signed up already, and so it's it's going to be it's a it's a great start to uh, go, what's going to be a great community that's going to ultimately bring uh, the emergency management profession a, a step further and into uh, a, a new uh, direction as which we want to go as far as coming out of our infancy to our toddler phase and being able to start walking a little bit further down the road in emergency management. Also be be free to follow us on LinkedIn, find us on Facebook, find Todd and myself um, on LinkedIn as well. And thank you very much.